This is the Family Second Program. We are so glad you are back with us for round one. That's right, for the fight for the family. I'm your host here at Family Second Program, Philip Shelley. Ready to give you something that you're going to take with you all week that you can share with your family, share with your friends, and get something out of the Word and what God wants your family to do and uplift and be encouraged this week. So I challenge you this week, take this, uh, open your Bible up, learn from it, uh, take notes if you want to, um, go to our website, um, see all the things on there, let's do it again, show other people the website, I, you know, that'd be great too, but you know, we are so glad that uh, those of you that wrote in and you heard the first podcast, thank you so much for listening, I really appreciate that, that humbles me, and uh, and it's something, you know, God has given me a passion for, uh, to, to teach and uh, to uh, tell others uh, how to encourage families and, and strengthen the family unit, because you know, God is the one who created the family unit. We're going to go over some of those things later in our podcast and, and uh, future podcasts. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but hey, we had a friend uh, write in. My friend Crystal wrote in and uh, told me some great things to uh, uh, to think about. Uh, put it on Google Play. Hey, I did. So you know, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, and we're on iTunes. So you can listen anywhere. Tell your friends about it. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Well, actually, we're on Twitter now. I made a Twitter handle of Family Second M I N which is ministries. Okay. So look us up on Twitter. I even took a picture before this, uh, this, uh, recording of me in my closet amongst my shirts. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay. And, uh, and just, uh, here wanting and ready to teach what I've learned, what I studied this week, uh, about the family and uplifting the family. Don't, Make sure that you remember that we're not just talking about to, to parents. We're talking to everybody in the family because Every, every family is made up of individuals. That's right. You got your father, you got your mother, you got your son, you got your daughters, you got individuals inside the family, you got grandparents, you got aunts, you got uncles, you got your, even your, your, your crazy cousin Larry is part of your family. Yes, that one that you forgot about. Don't worry. Okay. All right. He is there. Uh, so, uh, please tell everybody that you know. All right. It's so glad to be here every week. Uh, you need to be here every week to get the full effect of what God wants you to learn. And so you can pass on to your spouse. You can pass it on to your children, uh, to your friends, to your coworker, to your boss, even your cousin, Crazy Larry. That's right. Even your sister, you know, that, uh, you know, you grew up with, but now that you're older, it never calls you. And every time you think of her, you think of that song, Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. I'll stop right there. Yes. All right. Uh, maybe I need to call my sister after this. All right. Hold me up to that. But you know what? Uh, we are here to equip you, uh, to give you an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then we want you to activate, go out and uh, tell everybody what you've learned and to activate what you've learned. Do something different. I'm going to give you some of those steps uh, later on in the program. So stay tuned for that so you can uh, pass it on. Everybody say, pass it on. Slap your neighbor and say, pass it on. That's right. If you have a neighbor next to you, maybe you're by yourself. I don't, I don't know. Just don't make sure you slap somebody you don't know because you lawsuits these days. You just never know. Okay. So just uh, make sure you share it 
All right, because sharing is caring. Can I get an amen? Yes, sharing is caring. Uh, so we want you to share it with people that you know, people that you love. Uh, listen to it with your sons, men. Um, listen to it with your daughters, women. Um, today uh, and next week, and uh, I don't know how long I'll go, we are going to uh, uncover uh, a man's call to greatness. Man, I'll be talking to you. Uh, that doesn't mean, women, that you just need to shut it off right now. Uh, you need to listen too, because uh, you know what? You can share it with your husband. You can share it with your father. You can share it with your son. If you're a single mom, or or if, if you if you're a woman, that, you know that has a man that's a uh, you know that doesn't go to church with you or anything. Maybe uh, they would want to sit down and listen with you. Uh, just get to what, what's out of the words. Now, I'm not saying that I know everything, that, that I have all the secrets to life. Uh, I had to sit down and study this, had to sit down and read several books, uh, uh, including, the, of course, the Bible and what it says. Uh, but I did this so I can challenge you and I can uplift the family, encourage the family through what the Word of God says and what God uh, has, has, has made us for, created us for. And you know what it says in the Bible, it says in Genesis that, that he gave uh, uh, the earth over uh, for, for us to rule. You know, and sometimes we ask the question, why would God allow this stuff to happen? Well, you know, in Genesis, it says right there in, in, in Genesis 1 that he's given us dominion over uh, over the over the earth. And he's given us, given it over for us to rule. And we make the decisions. God has given us that free will to make those decisions. And uh, I thank God for that every day. Uh, I'm going to make the decision to honor him, uh, to serve him, to, re- to, uh, to respect and bless him. Uh, so those that under me will respect me and uh, and bless me and and everything like that. Hallelujah! All right. So today we that's our episode, episode one, round one for the fight of the family. A man's call to greatness. But you know, there's nothing like the feeling that a man gets when we conquer something. You know what? You know while women fantasize about relationships, oh, hello, I think I love him. Yes, you know men's fantasize about greatness. You know while women fantasize about cuddling, which you know I like to cuddle too. You know, but you know men fantasize about conquering. We crave significance and we crave impact. You know when I, growing up. I used to daydream. I, I know you're out there. Those that daydream, I, I, you know, I still do. I don't need to do that often, but I still do. I used to daydream in, in, in school about being a hero. Always wanted to be a hero. Always wanted to be that person that went into the fire or, or uh, if a car was hanging off the cliff, I would jump on the car and grab that person out of the car and I'd be the savior of the world. Yes. No. I always wanted to be that hero. And you know what? Uh, that's why I wanted to be that. I wanted to be significant. I wanted to have impact in this world and the people around me. But you know, a lot of us aren't taught that in the church we go to every week or every weekend. We weren't taught about being great. Because you know, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine several years back when I was working at a church as a youth pastor. And he was telling me, he was an older gentleman in the 70s, and he'd been in ministry basically you know, all his adult life. And he was telling me, really, the, the Sunday service is more geared toward women than men. You said, we come into the service and we stand and sing these songs that, that are about love and, and lovey-dovey of God and, and let's lay our head upon his chest and, and uh, seek him. And, and then we sit down and, and, uh, and, 
you know, and 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 here, you know, our attention spans aren't that great, man. You got you got to admit it, you know. Uh, when sitting down for thirty or forty minutes trying to listen to somebody, uh, it's hard. It is. It's very hard. <laughs> so so he was just telling me that you know a lot of the church services these days aren't geared toward men because we crave. Uh, to conquer. That's why we go to sporting events. That's why we like to uh, play basketball and, and play football or watch it on TV. We want to conquer. We want to uh, compete. We want to win. And that's what our cravings are. Uh, but you know what? The, uh, we are taught a lot in church about meekness. You know, God, you know, Jesus taught about it on the, on the mountain about uh, the meek shall inherit the earth. But we got to remember that meekness is not weakness, okay? Don't get me wrong when I say meekness, because meekness is not weakness. You know, meekness is not walking around with, with a sunken chest, head down, and doing everything you're asked to do by those with, within uh, your sphere of influence. It's not, uh, that, that's not meekness at all. That, you know what? That is rather the, the world's attempt to cage the men. You know, it's the enemy's strategy uh, to, to drive us to the sideline and not put us in the game as starters on God's team. By painting complacency as a virtue and a mediocrity as a goal, Satan has lulled the, the hearts of men asleep. Now, man, I want you to listen to me when I say that. We, are, we have fallen asleep in this country and in this world when he has called us to rule. He has called us to leadership, and not just in our families, but everywhere that we go and uh, everywhere that our sphere of influence is. He has called us to rule. Now, now my concern is that church leaders have leveraged Christ-following men, uh, believers that are men, to build church buildings and run programs. Now, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with building church buildings. I believe that, that, that as, as people start and plant churches, that there needs to be more because so more people can hear about the Word of God, so more people can learn what the Word says. I believe in, in creating more churches and having uh, more people uh, plant churches. I love that. But we as church leaders, we have uh, we have built, uh, we have taught men to build churches and, and just to be a part of programs, but we have failed to disciple them in what it means to be the man of God. God has called them to be in his kingdom and to rule. Now, I want you to say rule. Rule. Yeah, I heard you. All right. Yeah, you go. I heard you. Now, men, I want to remind you or, you know, in case you didn't know, you are responsible, all right? You are responsible for all that falls within your world or realm of influence that God has given you. Let me give you some examples. Your family, you know, of course, you should have influence on your family, all right? Uh, ministry, because everybody has a ministry. That's right. It could be your family. It could be what you do on the weekends. If you uh, serve at a church or serve at a, a ministry uh, that is in your city, that's awesome okay because we're going to talk about uh, what greatness means later and uh, that involves others you know serving others uh, so uh, your career all right what you do for work and how you pay for things hallelujah glory all right your resources which uh, you know are your gifts and talents god has given you but also the, all the other things like your house you know your cars uh, things like that and also the community around you and other areas of personal 
influence. Okay, a man, you know, who neglects his responsibility in all the chaos and confusion of this world has prevented himself from repairing it. You know what my desire is as I, as I do this podcast and as I, uh, you know, as I talk uh, for 15, 20 minutes, whatever uh, time amount of time it is, I, uh, you know, I want you to hear these words and hear what God has, has, has told me to tell you uh, that a man who neglects his responsibility, and we have a lot of men that have done that in this world. They have neglected it because of the desires that uh, other desires that Satan has given them to do. They neglected their responsibility, the responsibility God has given them in their family, their uh, ministry, their career, their resources, the community. In all the chaos and confusion of this world, that has prevented him, him from repairing it. Not only does it lack, does he lack God's power to advance, which is what we desire to do. We want to advance, which is what, you know, all men want to do that. But he has also disqualified himself from fixing what has been broken. And who can give me an amen? And, and just know that there are some broken families. There are some broken people. There's a lot out there. We have family members that are broken. You probably can think of someone right now by closing your eyes and think I, that I know someone is broken. I just talked to him last week. I just talked to him on the phone just now. And they're broken. You could probably just call someone out right now. You know, a good example of this in the Bible of what I'm talking about is Adam. That's right, the first man. Come on, give it up for Adam. Whoop, whoop. That's right, he was the first man. Uh, in Genesis 3, I want you to go there this week, read Genesis 3. Awesome. All right. Adam's responsibility was this. All right, you ready for this? His responsibility was to take care of the garden and everything and you know, before the woman came, Adam had a job. What? Yes. Adam had a full-blown job. That's right. You know what God told him to do? He says he's going to bring in some animals. And all you got to do, Adam, is name them. And what you name them, that's what they are. What? Yes. Adam had a job. A good paying job because it was a beautiful garden, I bet. Okay. That he got to live in. All right, and his job was to take care of everything in the garden. Everything that happened in the garden was Adam's responsibility. He was resp- he was responsible for it, even though it was Eve that the serpent tempt- serpent tempted to to eat the fruit that had been forbidden to eat in the garden. It was Adam that, after all this had happened, that God went looking for. That's right, he went looking for not Eve. Not all the animals that he named. He went looking for the man. He went looking for Adam. It was Adam's responsibility. Now, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that so many of our children are living under the heaviness of struggle, or that so many families are living under the weight of turmoil, or that so many of our churches are operating under the cloud of confusion, you know, or, or that our nation is scrambling to salvage its strength, is because Adam had nothing to say. You know, he was standing there with Eve, and Eve uh, said, "Oh, this is some good fruit." Adam had the had the responsibility right there to say, "Eve, come on now. You're not supposed to eat that fruit." But what did he do? He said. Nothing. He had nothing to say. And you know what? 
after they had realized that they were naked and after they realized that, that, that they had done something they shouldn't have done and God went looking for them, what they do? They hid. And you know what? Adam is still hiding in many ways. And in doing that, Adam willingly gave up his God-given right to leadership. You know, 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of a woman is a man. And the head of Christ is God. This verse clearly defines the equality between the men and women. But it outlines distinctions and roles and responsibilities. And the problem keeping many men in our culture from being kingdom men, all right, a part of his kingdom to rule is either through silence or blame. We either keep our mouth shut or we blame someone else for the problem. Like Adam, they have given up their God-given right to rule. And I want to challenge all the men and even all the women that are listening that want their men to rule. Because guess what? If we are doing what we're supposed to do, men. Because you know what? When we get to heaven, men, he's not going to ask the woman, uh, uh, um, you know, why did this happen in your family? No, he's going to look at the man. He says, I gave you responsibility of these people. I gave you responsibility over the influence that you had over these people, over your community, uh, but actually your family first, then your ministry, and then your career, and your resources, and your, your personal influence. I, I, I gave you those people and that influence. What did you do with it? He's going to look at the man and ask that question. But you know what? We've either kept silent or we blamed other people. And we've given up our right here in this world to rule and to lead. So what does greatness mean? What does greatness look like? You know what? Since we haven't seen it from anybody or or we have and, and we're trying to do our own thing with it. Well, what does greatness look like? Well, let's define it. Greatness is maximizing your potential for the glory of God and the good of others. God wants you to be great in his kingdom. But guess what? He's also destined you for it, man. He's destined you for greatness. He wants you to be great. Now, I know you think you have failed. Some of you think that I, I'm over the hill and I can't do it anymore. Some of you think that I got too much going on. Um, you know, that was for when I was 20 years old with no kids. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was uh, when I was, you know, just fresh out of college. That I could have been great. I could have done this. But now I got a life uh, and I got my responsibilities. Uh, one of your responsibilities is to rule. And to lead. And part of that is to be great. God wants you to be great. Let me read that definition again of greatness. Write it down. Tweet it. Uh, put it in your notes. Whatever you need to do. Uh, uh, just, just remember this. That greatness is maximizing your potential for the glory of God and the good of others. I'm going to get into all that next week. Uh, about um, the definition of greatness. And I want you to learn what that, I want, I want you to memorize that, the maximizing your potential, because you have great potential, potential, man. Women that are listening to this, tell that to your man, all right? Tell that to your fathers, tell that to your sons, that greatness is maximizing their potential for the glory of God and the good of others. That means serving others. And we're going to get to that next week. We're, we're going to break it down a little bit and talk about Abraham. That's right, Father Abraham. Had many sons. That's right. And we're going to break it down uh, uh, about uh, Abraham and all the tests that he had. Uh, you know, Abraham messed up a lot. 
not sure the men listening to it, including myself, have messed up a lot. So, but we're learning. We're learning together. We're going to do this together, and we're going to lift up each other together and encourage each other, men, together. We're going to get that, into that next week about greatness and maximizing your potential. But first, before uh, we leave, um, there's a book that I read recently uh, that actually, you know, uh, uh, that encouraged me to start this podcast. Um, and uh, there's a story. There's some stories in it about men. Um, and so, and, I, and all of you have heard some of the stories of uh, uh, these stories before. There's a, sto- a great story, um, you know, that actually turned to a movie that's opened and recently called Sully. Uh, you've heard that story about the miracle on the Hudson, and about how um, this captain of the plane of U.S. Airways Flight 1549 in 2009 had to ditch his plane in the Hudson River, and um, his name was. Uh, Chelsea B. Sullenberger III, but you know what? That's a long name, so I'm going to call him Sully. All right. He had to make a decision as he was flying the plane. Birds had flown, in, flown into his engines. Both engines were out. He had to make a, a critical decision in seconds. So everything that he had learned, everything that had been taught to him, everything that he had in his mind at that moment was going to define him. He had 155 passengers on board. They call them souls on board. And he was responsible for those people. Two of the engines had uh, blown out. And you know what he had to do? He had to think quick. And what he did was he um, he leveled that plane out. I don't want you to imagine this. I can't wait till the movie comes out because I really want I want to really see this, how, how all this uh, pl- uh, panned out and, and, and how this happened. Uh, but it's basically this is a story of a man who took responsibility for what God had given him through all the influence that he had through uh, what could have been a disaster he took responsibility and he took lead over what was his this is what had happened he ditched the plane to the Hudson uh, you just imagine an 80 ton piece of metal he had to control that was probably vibrating, vital, you know, violently and jarring, uh, you know, with uh, probably 155 passengers screaming that they're going to die. And even in his mind, thinking that he would even die, but he took responsibility. And, you know, the uh, uh, the years that Sully exercised responsibility as he was an Air Force pilot and, and an accident investigator and airline safety consultant and a safety manager, let alone more than 19,000 hours he had logged in uneventful flight time, I'm sure uneventful uh, as it was, all that had prepared him with the necessary skills and mindset to rule the realm of his plane well. You know, and this is this is what uh, this is what uh, makes me smile that that he was the last person off the plane that he went up and down twice of that plane to make sure everybody was out. He took responsibility of what God had given him to rule, and as a result, uh, Sully not only prevented his children becoming, uh, you know, a fatherless. A child or his wife becoming um, a widow, but he also preserved the lives and legacies of 155 people. You know, the youngest was even a nine month old boy. So that miracle was called the miracle on the Hudson. But you know, two years 
uh, after that in 2011, there was a story of a, of a, of a woman, uh, a very sad story that, you know, at age 15, she had had a child and, uh, years after that, she had three, uh, other children from another man and gave them the name of this man, which, uh, is not a heritage that shouldn't have been passed on. Uh, you know, the father didn't marry the mother. He'd been arrested several times and been in and out of jail. And, and uh, he, when he was responsible for a child, the story goes, uh, when he was responsible for the child, um, the police found the child outside at 1.15 a.m. in the morning uh, with wet clothes, crying, trying to find out where to go. Neighbors and family said the mom loved her children. They always looked well and cared for and groomed and appeared well behaved. Uh, you know, the mom was taking classes at a local community college and working. You know, you know, she was probably trying to better her life. But on a cold April 2011 day, the story goes that she posted an apology on Facebook. She called her mother. She called uh, her grandfather her grandmother and her father to say goodbye, loaded up all the four kids in her van, and she drove straight into the freezing waters of the Hudson. You know, as the, van, as the story goes, as the van began to sink, her 10-year-old struggled to open the locked doors or roll down the window while the younger kids cried out in fear. He was unable to squeeze himself. He was, a, he was able to squeeze himself out of the window before the van went under. He later told police that his mom had gathered all the kids around her, held them, and said, if I'm going to die, you're going to die with me. Neighbors say that the father came before this had all happened. Uh, came and was banging down the door of the apartment, but no one answered the door, so he had left. Now, uh, now the neighbors say this wasn't the first altercation the couple had, but no one knows what ultimately drove her to take this drastic measure. But less than an hour after the father had left the door banging on it, the young mother and three of her four children were dead in the Hudson River. Her, her children's final tears undoubtedly cried out in hopes of someone to stop the chaos of their world, the confusion of their world. But no one did. Some people may blame, you know, some, some people may blame this young mother. They may blame her for, for her actions, and her actions were horrific. This is so, I mean, I, when I read stories and hear stories, I, you know, I, I, I bawl like a baby. I'm a crier, you know. But as a, but a shared blame for a woman who takes her own life or her children's directly following, you know, a volatile situation from the father of her children also belongs to the man. Her last words were, if I'm going to die, you're going to die with me. You know, that's a revealing statement because it reflects the power of a man's impact for good or for bad. Innocent children may suffer a death of their destiny, their hopes, their dreams, their esteem, their future, and possibly even their lives when a man's failure to rule well, when it snuffs out a life of their mother, whether it be a literal emotional or spiritual death. There are people walking around that, that are dead inside, but they're still alive in this world because the impact a man had on them. You know, 155 people survived a crash landing on the Hudson because one man operated with responsibility in his realm of influence. Four people died in the icy grip of the same river because one man, or perhaps several, 
did not. So I don't want to challenge men today as I tell you those stories. You know, take it, take, take, take what you want with that and, 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 and share it. You know, you have, you have an impact wherever you go, men. And we should rule well. And that's what God wants us to do. As I share these podcasts with you every week, I wanted you to make sure that you learn from this. That was my equipping part. Now, this is my encounter part right now. Now, some of the things that you learn, sometimes times we don't take it to this world. We forget about it. You know, a lot of times in church, we, we may write notes, but we never look at those notes again. And we never take what we've learned with us to teach other people and to share it and to even do it ourselves. Now, how do we do that? Well, it's through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so that's that part of, of this podcast that I want to uh, welcome you to right now is that encounter part with the Holy Spirit. How do we encounter the Holy Spirit? What are, what are you talking about, Philip? Are you talking about, you know, am, am I going to meditate or hum or no, no, <laughs> that would be cray cray. Yes. Uh, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. Oh my goodness. What? Yes. Pray. Cause you know, MC Hammer. Always told us that great theologian, you got to pray just to make it today. That's right, you got to pray. And that's how we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So I tell you what, here's what I want you to do is right now, if you're, but don't do this if you're in your car, okay? I want you to close your eyes and I want you just to meditate and think about what I've taught you uh, in this podcast. Maybe you wrote notes or maybe you didn't, but you remember just uh, certain things that I've told you about greatness or told you about. Adam, you know, not taking responsibility or uh, the, uh, taking the blame and things like that. Maybe there's some things in your life that you haven't taken the blame for. That was your responsibility. That was your fault. Uh, a lot of things in my life that are my fault. And uh, we're working through those. And But there's a lot of things in, in all of our lives that are our fault. And we should take responsibility for that and correct them and turn them to good. Because that's what God is going to do in our lives. He's going to turn it to good. So right now, just think about those things that you need to maybe change, that you need to maybe do and uh, initiate in your family or or that you need to go and do as a single. Maybe you're sitting there single you don't have a family yet. Um, and there's some things that you need to maybe go do to for your parents or for your uh, loved ones, or for the people that raised you. And you need to sit there and you need to say some things and do some things and take initiative in your own life and pray for them and pray for the situations that you have in your life, the struggles that you have. So right now I'm going to pray and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through this prayer. Even though this is a recording, I'm believing God will speak through the words of his Holy Spirit as I pray to you today. That God can heal that situation, that God can turn it around, God can make it new, and God can heal that relationship, or that struggle, or that pain, whatever it is. So Holy Spirit, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you touch everyone hearing the words that you are saying, not I'm saying, but what you are saying today. Lord, as they were equipped with your word and what your word says about men standing up to be great, Lord, that they'll take those words with them and teach others. Because that's what you want us to do. You want us to carry it on from generation to generation to generation. The faith that we have in you. So Lord, I just pray right now by your Holy Spirit and by your healing power, the blood of Jesus that flowed on Calvary. Heal hearts today. Heal lives today. Heal relationships today. Let the men stand up 
Lord God, stand up in this country, in this world, and say, I've sat down too long and I've stayed silent. I've laid blame on other people, but it is my responsibility. Now, God has given it over to us to rule this land. And Lord, I just pray for those men today. I pray for the women that have to sit there with those men, beside them, God, to encourage them. Sometimes they fail. I failed, God. And God, I just pray for those women that they'll find the words to encourage those men to stand up in Jesus' name. So, Lord, give them an encounter right now of your Holy Spirit. Let them feel your power flowing through their body, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. In the name of Jesus, let the power of the Holy Spirit just consume them so that every day this week they walk in your power and in your might. And we give you praise for that. And we give you glory. We ask all these things right now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And we say a big amen. Can I get an amen, everybody? If you're if you're in the mall and you're listening to earbuds, just I, I dare you. I just dare you to say amen. Real life, like that. Just just do it. You know who cares who's looking. You know what I'm saying? Somebody might get saved because you said amen. I I don't know. It just might happen. All right, that was the encounter part. We had to equip. We had an encounter. Now it's time to activate, activate, uh, uh, activate. That's right. And I've gone over my time. I'm already at 32 minutes right now. Uh, so I don't want to keep you uh, very long. But this is what I want you to do. I want to challenge every man today to find something this week that you've never done before. What? Yes, I want you to think about it. you got to think about it hard. All right. What is something that I have never done before uh, for my family? Or if you're single, uh, for your parents or for your loved ones that take care of you, that, that, that you have an awesome relationship, your aunt, uncle, whoever, your crazy cousin Larry, uh, whoever it is, uh, do something with them this week. Man, if it's, if it's to sit down uh, at the dinner table and just pray, <laughs> you pray, you know, uh, for your family. Your kids are going to look at you weird like, what is this man doing? Your wife may look at you weird and just walk up and just leave, but you got to do it. She's going to come around. Just do it. Just do it. That's right. All right. Buy flowers. I don't know. Buy flowers for someone you love, your wife or even your daughter, your son. I don't know about your son, but you know, buy him a football. I don't know. All right. Just do something to spend time. You know, if uh, I sang that song earlier, cats in the greater windows, you know, if, 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 if it just reminds you of not spending time with your family, like your father, your mother. Uh, those you love, go spend time with them. All right, sit down with them, talk with them, share, have lunch with them, whatever it is. Do something this week. Activate what you've learned and take responsibility for what God has given you. Activate it. All right, activate your faith today. I want to. That's all I got today uh, as uh, the family second uh, program here. We want to thank you for joining us this week. You know, check out our website. It's under construction, but it does have uh, the recordings of uh, podcasts of every week. So you can look at that. It has a donate button if you want to donate and give to the ministry so we can uh, further this because I have such great vision for what God wants to do through video, through blogging, through Bible studies. Um, God has called me to write a, a devotional for men. Um, two issues that men have is anger and lust. Uh, so I want to uh, uh, garner that and, uh, and just um, write about it uh, in a devotional, 30-day devotional. 
uh, for men. I'm not going to put that on the title because no men will buy it because they're, they're not going to, you know, say, I don't have a problem with anger. I don't have a problem with lust, you know. So I was making a devotional, but uh, that's going to be in there. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay. So if you want to donate to further this kingdom, uh, kingdom to, further, <laughs> to further this uh, program, um, do that. Please do that. Uh, our address is on the website here in San Antonio. Uh, but I want to leave you with this. All right, Proverbs 9, 7 through 9 says, Anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will even be wiser. They will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. I'm trusting that I'm talking to people that want to be wiser. That aren't mockers that won't say, I don't need this. You know what I'm saying? I don't need this. You know, I'm looking for people that want to hear the word, want to learn, want to become better and not bitter in this world. Uh, and God wants you to be that too. So I'm trusting you to take what you learn and spread it. That's right. Just like butt on bread, spread it. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you for joining us. Go to our website. We have uh, some emails there. If you want to tell your story, I might read it over the air. If you want prayer, uh, info at familysecond.org. Make sure you email us there. Anything you want to email us or tell us, please do that. We want to hear from you and hear God has how God has uh, brought you through. So this has been a Peace Shells, Diva Divine Four Shells production with help from all those that have told me to go after my dreams and live my passion. Wherever you are, thank you. Now go home and make a difference to someone. All right? Make a difference in someone's life. On your mark, get set, Go! Peace to you and peace through you. I'm out.